Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Lodi. That would be a little weird. Yeah. We are making a huge assumption that we pronounce that name correctly. I'm p- My person hasn't gotten back to me yet. I'm pretty sure. I mean, every every one of those that I've that I've seen before yeah. has been low die. All right. We'll go with it. But, you know. We'll go with it. People get really upset they about do. pronunciation. They do. They I mean, do. But I, I will say it is pronounced both low D and low die. I think it's low die. So it just depends. It's kind of like Lafayette and Lafayette. Like... Well, it's only Lafayette in Lafayette County. Everywhere right. else in the known world, it's Lafayette. Yeah. So. Anyway. Somebody's going to get upset about it, but. They'll get over it. Wherever you are in our great state, you can have enjoy. You can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Guys. The holiday season is upon us. It's time to start thinking about Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers, and things of that nature. You need to give a trip to College Corner a a chance there. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, originally by Fleet Feet, followed by the Half Shell, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant for lunch, for brunch, and for dinner. It's the best meal in town. It's at Restaurant Tyler. They have the best blue plate in town. And when you're in the South and you're thinking about lunch, I mean, if you're not thinking about a blue plate, I don't know what to tell you. They've got the best one in town. Great selection of meats and veg and the best cornbread you'll ever have. Even I'm telling you that the cornbread is good. That's that's how good it is. If you haven't already, make sure you make a lunch trip this week to Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi here to serve you. Community banking, guys, it's very important. It's just like eating locally and shopping locally. It's how you build stronger communities with a strong community bank. Priority One Bank gives you that opportunity to do so. So check them out online at PriorityOneBank.com. Learn more about them. Find the branch near you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie Falk, this time last week we, we did a podcast about mentality, about both teams, State and, and Arkansas, being fragile mentally. That who was going to break, who was going to be the team that broke, who was going to be the team that sort of gave it away. It was Arkansas. That's how it worked out for, for Mississippi State. That Arkansas in that game, State basically broke their will. I think I would say 
kind of early in the game that it was obvious that, that State was going to be there and show up defensively and that Arkansas just sort of sort of wanted to get off the field at that point. It's a different kind of mentality this week. And we've sort of talked about it at, at length on Sports Talk Mississippi throughout the offseason, and I will bring it here. But that We were you, correct. It's a low die. Good man. From, from, from a... Um, a man from that around that area, Olo our, our friend uh, Gavin Gilbert. Gavin would know. Gavin right, is from Winona. He would know, which yeah. that's right, right around. Hop, skipping a jump, yeah. So we were correct. All right, thank you, Gavin. We appreciate you helping us out there. Uh, this we've we talked in the past about Hugh Freeze and the fact that one that he always finds a way to win a game that he's not supposed to. Now he is favored to win this week. So maybe that that doesn't fit this 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 idea. But certainly in the offseason I think this was a game you and I thought that Auburn should state would be favored in. They're not. But so be it. But the the idea that Freeze had the Ole Miss and these Mississippi State games circled mm-hmm. due to the circumstances of his exit at Ole Miss. Obviously Ole Miss were the ones that fired him, but Mississippi State to a certain degree, and to a certain degree, one man in particular, who we all know is our good friend and host, or played a role in his departure from the University of Mississippi. If that were indeed the case, and he had that game circled for Ole Miss, it did not pan out for him. Ole Miss won that game pretty easily. Don't, don't let the final score uh, fool you that that game was was really a contest at any point. It was more about Ole Miss making terrible mistakes. Once they cleaned everything up, Auburn couldn't do anything. Do you? We'll start with the, the easy question. Do you believe that Hugh Freeze has this game circled on the calendar as as one he he wants to get more than another? I mean, I'm sure he he definitely would love to beat State and Ole Miss mm-hmm. more than most of the people in the schedule. I mean, I would say probably Alabama would be tops. It would need to be. We're coaching yeah. at Auburn, yeah. But um, you know, a lot of times that doesn't really matter. In the grand scheme, if you don't have the players, which I, you know they don't really have the guys this year, especially for what he wants to do on offense. I mean, they are really handcuffed. What they're doing there, mm-hmm. it, I mean, what does it, what does it matter? I mean, I I want to beat certain teams really badly too when my teams are playing. But you know, that does. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's mostly about the players. So you know, if you don't have the players, it doesn't really matter. But I'm sure that he's probably. Internally, he would never admit it, but I'm sure internally he's he really wants to get Mississippi State. He wanted to get Ole Miss, but he's zero two now. I think against Ole Miss, yeah, as a coach. So he's you know, and he can't you can't really say anything about Liberty. I mean that's a that's a tough yeah, tough sell. But against a really good Ole Miss team, too. they did have you know Malik Willis. Everybody was hyping up as a Heisman contender. Not everybody, but some people thought you yeah. know a guy that could contend for the Heisman or. First pick in the draft, if, kind of. If stuff, not yeah. contending for the Heisman, he was one of the top quarterbacks coming out in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could have been better than it was, mm-hmm. but I just I think that he that is sometimes it's a little overplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know you kind of know the culture, you kind of know what to expect a little more from a, a team like that. I mean, he he kind of knew coming to the Ole Miss game what they were going to be about. It didn't really matter in the grand scheme. The next question I would have would be, does that give anybody an advantage? I mean, I don't think Auburn is playing any tougher against Mississippi State. Also, I think it's a tough sell for his his players. Yeah. I think it's, you know, obviously for him, it's one thing, right? 
But you're talking about Auburn players who weren't at Auburn when this happened. Mississippi State doesn't have any players. Doesn't have any. I mean, I guess Tony Hughes and David Turner would have been there when this all happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't care. They don't care. So where's the where's the advantage in in, in this this idea? There really isn't. I mean, I, especially with Mississippi State. Now, Ole Miss, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the players playing harder for freeze because mm-hmm. that's his former job, wanting to beat Ole Miss a little bit uh, more than usual. But for State, I just I don't think there's going to be any kind of correlation with the players and, and you know, Hugh Freeze's um, disdain or whatever it might be for Mississippi State. I don't know. You don't know how he feels about Mississippi State. He really didn't say much of anything about State at his press conference this, this week, which was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't know if he but harbors any... In fairness there, you can only answer what you're asked. So yeah, my, no, no, My no guess doubt. is the Auburn guys, the, the media there, were more looking back at the Ole Miss game than looking yeah. ahead to Mississippi State. Which, I'm, I mean, how do you not ask about questions about Mississippi State? How do you prepare? Like, what, do you, what are you doing to... Who are you preparing for as far as quarterbacks concerned? Because a lot of them seem to think that Will Rogers is is going to play this week. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they just kind of overlook. Maybe the beat writers are not even really kind of looking into yeah, this game. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that. I was just like, why are they concerned about that? But go yeah. ahead. Well, that, that, I'm basically done. Oh, you're ba- <laughs> that was kind of my Please last Please expound thought. more, though, on what you're saying. Um, it almost feels like it would be kind of petty, right? Yeah. They would just be like, freeze, I need this for me. Now, don't get me wrong. If any coach, if anybody was going to be, I need this for me, Hugh Freeze would be the one I would pick. Really? Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound like him. It it you, Well, it actually sounds exactly like him. Hmm. So, um, That's a humble man you're talking about. Uh, something got hummed. Oh, come on. Here's what's going to happen. Here's, here's, this is how life is going to go with Hugh Freeze going forward. If you make, if you you throw me any kind of comment that I that I have even a piece of, if I can get a piece of the ball, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to swing. All right, I'm going to swing, and I'm usually going to hit. I'm usually going to make contact. A so morsel. Just yeah, any 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 piece of, of the pitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it the other way. So Ugh. just be aware. Just be aware of that. When you whenever you say things about Freeze and you're trying to make a little your little quips. Just know that I'm I'm sitting over here. You're just waiting. I'm locked in. All right. Calling your shot. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm locked in. Dead red. Um, Auburn is another team, though. That it's kind of like Arkansas. Now they're on a losing streak, and now they get Mississippi State coming to their place. I, I think from a from an atmosphere standpoint, you know, we we talked last week a little bit about Arkansas. We knew it wouldn't be a huge crowd. They ended up having a pretty decent crowd from the looks of things over there. Auburn two thirty kickoff, so it's not a night game there. They just had a home game where they 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 did. I could see this being a, a, even at two thirty, kind of a sleepy crowd that Mississippi State could take advantage of. Yeah, that, I'm really interested in the crowd because they've sold out every home game, and Saturday was a great crowd. I thought some one of those old Miss troll accounts I, I saw said, said on Friday night there was expected to be twenty thousand Ole Miss fans there. That was not the case. Yeah. Uh, it was mostly Auburn, but I'm I'm really interested to see. You know, at some point you start to kind of get a little fatigue with the the home games, and you're not winning them. They've lost three straight games, I yeah, think. That's correct. So it's uh, you know, 
it's a little taxing on you to continue to bring it every single week, but it should still be a pretty strong crowd. There, that's a that's a pretty loyal fan base when it comes to football. They should be a a pretty good crowd, but mm-hmm. um, you know we saw in in twenty twenty one, you know they got a lead and everybody started leaving. Yeah, so I, I think it would behoove Mississippi State to not get in that position. Right, but you know. It's, yeah, it's not a crowd that's... I don't think we're going to have the same kind of fireworks we had two years ago yeah, at Auburn in, yeah. in, in this game. Who it, knows? I wasn't expecting that either, but... It, it's, can State embrace playing ugly, you think? Uh, if, they're, if their defense is really, really good. Yeah. If, if the defense is... I think that's sort of a prerequisite for playing ugly. you got to have good yeah, defense. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they're turning over... Um, if they're turning over... Auburn a good bit if they're getting punts regularly, yeah. Kind of like uh, you know, Florida twenty ten, mm-hmm. um, just kind of ball control. That's a good. Get that's a good. Get them. Obviously, that Florida team was much better than this Auburn team is. Yeah. But yeah, the idea the that state team was much better. Yeah, that, but the idea that you can you know, and I because I don't look at last week's I, I last week's game and that Florida game you mentioned they're totally different in my brain. I felt like State in that game was was very, uh, we're going to run the football, we're going to protect the lead and let our defense win. And last week it was more like nothing was working. Yeah. That, that, that's the impression that I get. But that's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good example of going onto the road in a hostile environment and, and, and getting the win there. I think this, this game will tell us you know, kind of where Mike Wright is in this offense. Because I said it the other day, like, I think right now, you know, he's, it's a little rusty. He's just now getting a bunch of reps because he's been running packages. You've been running mm-hmm. them out there for one play and bringing them out of the game. Mm-hmm. You can't get any kind of experience doing that. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, just a, a, a play here and there, that doesn't really allow you to really be ingrained in the offense to get a lot of reps with the offensive linemen and get those receivers on the same page with you. I mean, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So the last two games, he got virtually half the reps against Western Michigan. I, I haven't looked at the snap count, but it was close to what Will Rogers got. And then last game, he played every play. So at this point, he should be pretty prepared. Yeah. And, and he started – uh, ten or eleven games right. of Vanderbilt. This so, is not this is not a true freshman coming off the bench right. in his second game. This is a experienced SEC quarterback. The, just playing in a tough environment and all that. He's already used to that. Right. But the offense, I think it does take a little bit to really get comfortable in it. Yeah. But at this point, at game three, if he doesn't do it this game, I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. If he yeah. did, and and listen, I don't think last game had anything had. I won't say anything, but I don't think most of your issues on offense was Mike Wright's fault. Right. You had a lot of um, issues on the offensive line pre-snap, which I I just didn't understand what was happening there. The play calling was very mundane and uh, conservative. Jaquavius Marks is out, and that really disrupted what they were doing. So I don't really blame Mike Wright for a lot of that. And at the end of the day, he was what, like eight for twelve passing or something. Like mm-hmm. it was, he was fine. So 
uh, you know, I don't really, I, I'm not going to say like he was bad in that game, but you do need him to kind of elevate your play a little bit on offense. And I don't know if they're being real conservative with him because they don't really have anybody behind him mm-hmm. and they're not trying to get him hurt and they're not trying to do too much with him. I don't know. But if he doesn't come out in this game and have some success and a good bit of it, I just I don't know how much of that we're going to see with him on offense. What the, the, the directive needs to be to Kevin Barbe, and I feel like the directive has been the opposite. I feel like it's been play conservative. And I really do feel that Zach Arnett, with what he talked about, about I'm not going to be involved in the offensive side of the ball, has not been the case this year. But it's really got to be, just call the offense. Yeah. Just call the plays, man. And, and call them like anything else. And, and, you know, obviously I would try to find some, some, some more quarterback runs for Mike Wright than I would yeah. for, for Will Rogers. But when we're talking in terms of passing downs and, and, you know, taking advantage of short yardage, you know, it's second and two and you want to try to take a shot, take it. And I'm also going to tell Mike Wright, if you ever see a play breakdown, go. run as fast as you can. Just go. Just, I mean, even if there's somebody there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that can't catch him. Yeah. Even if they have a good angle on him or whatever. You have a difference maker from a you know legs perspective now, mm-hmm. um, so don't force anything. Take off and run. I mean that eating up ten, twelve yards, maybe even more, mm-hmm. is you have a much higher percentage of of making a big play there than you do throwing the ball down the field. Agreed. But yeah, I mean Kevin Barbet's got to get into his bag. I mean he's he's had a couple of games where I think have just been really well called. And some of the other ones, you're sitting there scratching your head. And I just don't know what this offense is. I mean, it's it's shown a lot of potential. We've talked about that. But mm. there's no consistency in it. There's no consistency in the production. There's no consistency in the play calling. I don't know what they want to do um, as far as establishing themselves. It's just very difficult to know kind of what it is right now. And, um, you know, they, they need to start picking it up. If the defense is becoming more of a strength for you down the stretch, mm-hmm. if you can find uh, some offense, if you can get just, you know, middle-of-the-pack SEC offense out of this group you're be fine. In, a, in a good defense, yeah. I mean, you're talking about seven or eight. I mean, that, that's, what? That's, what, that's where you wanted to be preseason. What would be – in your opinion, more more key to an MSU victory. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can have the same defensive performance, but let's just say a good defensive performance or a good offensive performance against this. this I feel like it's offense, offense. because yep. you just can't you, even against a a bad defense. I can't trust Auburn to score more than like twenty four points. I would think. No, I mean after that first game they played against whoever New Mexico State. Yeah. is that who they played? Something like that. Yeah, and then they they scored a bunch of points against UMass. Right. They really have not done... Against Power 5 teams, Robbie, they've scored 14, 10, 20, 18, and 21. And I feel like the, the Georgia game was just kind of like running on adrenaline. Like yeah. They just, the crowd just yeah. basically made that happen. They were playing the number one team in the country yeah. and at the time. And they scored 21 on Ole Miss with the final score was like in the last minute, you know. Yeah, where Ole was playing prevent and just trying to get and another score. I think came off an interception or yeah. something like that. I mean, this offense is just not good. Right. So if your defense can just kind of, it doesn't even have to be as good as it was last week. Just if you can limit Auburn to seventeen points, 
I think is is safe. You have a shot. You you can win this game if you hold them to seventeen. If you hold them to twenty, I think you got a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think State can score. I mean, can you score two touchdowns and kick you know two or three field goals? I mean, that's kind of what you're asking right here. They just have to be able to move the ball, get in the red zone, and get points. If you're if you're consistently getting in the red zone and putting yourself in position to make field goals, mm-hmm. finishing a couple of drives of touchdowns, I think you can win this game. Yeah, I, I, th- agree. I think you should win this game. I agree. That it's it's got to be you got to start better than you did against Arkansas too. Like you don't need an interception on the first drive. Obviously, get out to a lead in this game. I said that last week. Get out to a lead. Make them believe that this thing's going in a negative direction. Yeah. When you have a team like this, like Auburn, just mm-hmm. like it was with Arkansas, when bad things continue to happen to you, you start to believe them. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're if you're putting them behind the chains, forcing them into turnovers, you're scoring, you get an early lead in that ball game, they start to think they're, you know, maybe we're not a very good team right now. Yeah. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. To, uh, to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. It's still grilling season. I don't really care what the temperature is outside. If, I, if you're cold outside, it, you know, if it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be getting cold next week. That's great. You want to know how to heat up? Fire up the grill. Go stand next to it. Throw a steak on there. Back in the house in a few minutes. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. If you're looking for great tailgating recipes for a home game next weekend, check out msbeef.org. They've got them. Also, want to remind you that it is time to make your votes. Go to Facebook. To the Mississippi Beef Council page, they have links there to vote for the best steakhouse and the best burger in the state of Mississippi. So put your favorite place on the map with the vote. Go to the Facebook page. You have to click on the link to vote. Don't put a comment in there. We were talking about Facebook comments just yesterday, Robbie. Don't put a Facebook comment in there. Do not. Tell Grandma she's got to click the link and vote for your favorite steakhouse or, or hamburger in the state of Mississippi. Do that. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. Another great Bulldog Initiative business. Anytime you can eat good and support the Bulldog Initiative, that's a great thing. And you can do that at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Fantastic people there. Good food. Good atmosphere. What more do you want? You want smoked southern soul food? Go to Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they've been doing that now for 48 years. Guys, when you need technology for your business, you give them a call, and then if you need service, you just call them back. It's just that simple. It doesn't get any easier than that. That's the difference that Advantage Business Systems and 48 years of experience can put to use for you. 601-362-9192. Or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. Guys, the holidays are going to be here before you know it. If you want to put something great under the under the uh, tree for the MSU fan in your life, you need to check out the Rogue's Collegiate Collection. It's fantastic. Polos and quarter zips with the logos that you want on them. Great name brands. And when you're talking about service, we're talking about a, a one of the top men's clothing stores in all of the Southeast at The Rogue. So check them out online at therogue.com or shop at The Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Earlier uh, this week, I spoke with Auburn beat reporter Adam Cole. Bye-bye. From uh, the Opelika Auburn News, oanow.com. I wanted to get his thoughts 
on the Tigers and this matchup with Mississippi State. Joining us now, Adam Cole. He covers the Auburn Tigers for the the Opelika Auburn News, OANow.com. Uh, uh, first off, Adam, as a huge professional wrestling fan, how many do you even know who the other Adam Cole is? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, actually. I, uh, ever since high school, um, I've had there's an account, I think it still follows me, but for about two years, it liked every single one of my tweets. And it was an Adam Cole, like the wrestler fan account. And I had like, 200 followers for a really long time but they were always a guaranteed like so i'm <laughs> i'm very i'm very familiar all right so they, they wouldn't say baby after anything you said or anything like that you're, you're just oh you're... that would happen and yeah. then sometimes you know like you, you get a tweet that picks up and and people reply to it with with that all the time or a gif of him doing the he's got a hand gesture the right boom. yeah 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 the boom yeah yeah um this is great Okay. Yeah, it's and it's funny dad. too. My boss here, Justin Lee, is he's a big pro wrestling guy, and I've I've hung out with him a few times. Now you know why you got hired. And, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so yeah, they, it was between you and this other guy, but he was nobody. So and I got a chance to get Adam Cole in there. Um, there you go. Here in Mississippi, one of the things we talked about during the off season with the hiring of Hugh Freeze was last week's game and this week's game. They would have. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as you want to say circled on the calendar, special meaning for freeze, whatever. Obviously, last week it didn't pan out for them against Ole Miss. Now it's Mississippi State. Do you believe that that Hugh Freeze is playing extra attention, putting extra emphasis on this game because of, of his own personal feelings? So he got asked about this last week and and it really got kind of um I, I guess it got kind of downplayed and and he really attributed last week, especially to the fact that he's he had coached against Ole Miss while he was at Liberty and, right. and made that return trip. And if I'm right, this is the first time he's going up against state since mm-hmm. since he left Ole Miss. Um, but like for as much as I, I would imagine he's probably trying to not play it up, like I would imagine it still carries some weight. One thing that uh, me and another writer here have kind of noticed is he doesn't like he'll get asked about Ole Miss and he won't refer to Ole Miss as Ole Miss and not in a way that's like the school up north kind of thing. But it it makes you imagine there's still a pretty bad taste in his mouth, I, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he cares definitely maybe a little more about these games. But at the same time, I don't think that's something he's necessarily trying to play up. I asked Zach Arnett about Auburn being one-dimensional yesterday, and he, he he tried to hit me with they're not one-dimensional. I should have just thrown the stats right back at him because Auburn is one-dimensional. They 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 they're mm-hmm. not a very good passing team. Is mm-hmm. there a way for Auburn to win games if you can slow down their run attack? Um, you know, I I think. I don't think there's any like feasible or logical way that that you point at and you're like, oh, this is this is how they do it. Because the one thing that I would say is I, I think Auburn's interest entering a really interesting uh, what's going to be an interesting period for the next few weeks because they've gone from playing, you know, I think three straight ranked teams and, and you know, four straight SEC teams that have all been kind of in the mix this year, if, if you want to say that about Texas A&M, too. Um, and, and now they're at a point where, you know, I mean, they're kind of playing teams that are at the bottom of the conference between state Vanderbilt, Arkansas, um, of course, Alabama at the end of the year, they're not at the bottom, but I guess these three sec teams, I'm curious to see just like how impactful their defense can be. 
because I, you know, they say defense can win you games and, and I don't know that it shows up in the stat sheet a lot, but that's the one thing that I would say is that their defense has been so good. I I'm curious to see if it, if it takes another step in towards improvement and getting even better over the next few weeks. Um, but on offense, no, they're pretty one dimensional and, and I don't, I don't see the passing attack really improving much anytime soon. If you're looking at this Auburn defense, they've they've been good this year. I wouldn't say they've been great, but they they have been good. Mississippi State last week offensively was just an absolute train wreck uh, and couldn't get much of anything. Seven points was enough to win. How how if you're if you're on the the MSU sideline, how can they have success against this Auburn defense? Um, I I think the biggest thing is, you know, there there have been a lot of this year when teams find success, uh, they usually find it like through the middle over the air or in the air. Uh, you know, I think you look at Brock Bowers and that's, I think the most glaring case. And part of that too was, you know, Jalen Simpson got injured and and he had been on him all game and it had been a different story, but you look at like even last week too, it seemed like uh, when Ole Miss found some success passing, they they did that a good bit over the middle. It was, that was a really big issue against Texas A&M was they just, especially late kept getting beat over the middle um, so that's, that's one place that I think you can really kind of attack this, this, uh, defense is, is especially getting like tight ends involved in the passing game, I think is a really big thing. And, um, you know, the, the other thing too, that's, that's just been sort of an interesting, um, back and forth between the offense and, and defense is that, you know, for about three quarters, Auburn's defense looks really good, but they don't necessarily get that support in terms of, long sustained drives from their offense, let alone points on the board to help kind of pad what they're doing. And I, I think if if State can hold Auburn's offense intact, I think you get about three good quarters of Auburn's defense. And then in that last quarter, things tend to fall apart or fall off a good bit uh, for that Auburn defense. And so if, if you want to, you know, take the air out of the ball and, and I guess kind of just beat them that way. I, I think that's something you can do too, but really the, the biggest thing I've noticed is kind of the tight ends over the middle and, and that sort of mismatch in the passing attack. Well, that's interesting because Mississippi State has not been able to use their tight ends effectively this entire season, so that might be a big plus uh, for Auburn. One of your colleagues on, on the beat wrote an, an article yesterday about the honeymoon is over uh, for, for Hugh Freeze. I find that really hard to believe because I have to think that Auburn fans knew this was going to be a bit of a struggle this year, that, that Auburn just didn't have the top-end talent to compete with the Auburns and Georgias and LSUs. So if they lose this game, I mean, that's, that's quite a losing streak there for the Tigers. What happens in terms of the fan base for Auburn if, if they drop this game? I The, the first part you kind of mentioned is interesting to me because I somebody had mentioned it the other day, I would, I would be really interested to see the difference between like how many Auburn fans who are frustrated and upset are frustrated and upset with Hugh Freeze or how many of them are frustrated and upset because things have been so underwhelming. Um, Cause I would imagine a lot of it is, is probably the latter, not that like, you know, this didn't go to expectation, but that things have just been so abysmal in the area where you would expect a Hugh Freeze team to be really good. And on that note, if if Auburn loses this game to State, um, I I think things I think the honeymoon, if it's not over, is is getting somewhat close to it. Should they lose? Because I I would imagine that Auburn has had the State game and the Vanderbilt game circled as like, look, those are two SEC wins that we need to have in year one. 
Um, cause the other ones have at best looked a lot more like toss-ups, if not guaranteed losses. And, um, I would imagine things just continue this cycle of, of things have felt dire the last few weeks because the offenses has looked clueless and stagnant. And if it doesn't improve at all against, uh, an sec foe that you probably feel like you're equal, if not better than, um, I, I would imagine things just this, this cycle continues continues to almost turn into a snowball, so to speak. I want to go a little further on that then. So so what does that mean? Does that mean that like going into next season, there's real pressure on Freeze to to deliver a 9-10 win season? I see. So that's that's a good point because I I think I don't think he's on the hot seat at the end of this year, even if they're like yeah. at the floor or below the floor. And and I would say to some extent that has a, a good bit of that has to do with recruiting and how well they've been doing in recruiting with this staff. Um, I, I think I would imagine that there's a change in offensive coordinator at the end of the year, um, unless something miraculous happens in this back half and, and Peyton Thorne turns into, you know, (laughs) I, I don't even know what example you want to throw out there, but unless there's a miraculous turnaround offensively, I would imagine that there's some staff change. Um, but even then, like you kind of say, like, I think people are going to be frustrated, but at the same time, like. I don't know that there's necessarily massive pressure for Hugh Freeze to win right now and to really try to compensate next season. Now, this the the um, I'm blanking on what the word would be. I guess the expectation. There's the word. Um, the expectation for next year, I would still imagine, is improvement from a from a line of like six and six or seven and five. I, I would imagine that that's the the hope. The expectation is that you have at the bare minimum eight wins next year, but at the same time, we'll see where that is at the end of the year. I think, I think Auburn's going to learn a lot over the next probably four weeks between these three sec contests and their New Mexico state game. Cause the, the schedule gets a lot easier. Um, so if, if things can turn around quite a bit, I would imagine some of that pressure kind of comes off wherever it's coming from. Uh, but if it doesn't, I would imagine it, it probably leads to more so staff changes than anything. That's very interesting to think about a guy and just, you know, his first year, a proven track record, he was in a bad situation and the pressure is already that high on him. But that's that's kind of the Auburn job. Yeah. Uh, every week on the podcast, when we do it here for Mississippi State, we, we pick an offensive and a defensive player of the game. And then we predict a guy we call our X factor, not necessarily a guy who's going to put up huge stats in the game, but might be a guy you, you circle like he could make a play that makes a big difference in this one. Who would that player be for Auburn this weekend? So that I, I guess if I had to pick, if I could pick two in terms of X factor, mm-hmm. it's funny because the first oh, one no. I would pick. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the first one I would pick is Rivaldo Fairweather, and usually he would be like that. To me, that is the de facto target in the offense. I think Jay Fair, uh, slot receiver, kind of fits that mold too. But um, I, I just think Fairweather continues to come up with probably the most significant plays in the passing game. He had the game-winning touchdown catch against Cal. He had a late touchdown catch in garbage time last week to finish off what was like Auburn's one complete drive in that game. And um, he he's a guy, I would say, because if Auburn can get it going in the passing game, he's probably involved. The other guy um, is Brian Batie, who transferred in from USF this offseason. And uh, he's a running back, but he's five foot five foot short, like five foot eight, five foot seven, very small, 
uh, reminds you of Deuce Vaughn in that way, but he has been shockingly good between the tackles this year. And he was also an all American kick returner and still returns kicks for Auburn. And, um, I think that's just a guy that you probably circle every time because if he can get it going on the ground, like he's, he's shown he's capable of, he can be really dangerous. And of course he's, he's always dangerous in the return game. I don't really want a prediction here, but what I would say is this. Last week when State's playing Auburn, or playing Arkansas, I made the comment, here's my prediction, but I really don't feel like I have a good feel for this game one way or the other. And, and I didn't. And it certainly didn't play out the way I, I thought it would in my head prior to prior to kickoff. So that's my question. You know, If you want to give a prediction, you can. But do you feel like you have a good feel for this game? Do you feel like you're, you're confident in the way you think it will go? Um... My short answer is no, Mm -hmm. and my less short answer is that it's going to be ugly. (laughs) Uh, That 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 would be the one place where I'm like, okay, that's. I think it's going to be ugly, Uh, but also that's not saying too much. If I did have to give you a prediction, though, and and not that I could really pinpoint what the score would be, other than low. it, it, it always feels so cliche to come back to this, but I, I do think that there's an advantage for Auburn when they play at home. I, I think that environment has has helped them quite a bit. And also they performed a lot better at home this year. And, and so I, I do think that like things lean more in favor of Auburn. Um, but at the same time, like I certainly, like you said, I didn't expect that Mississippi State Arkansas game to go the way it went last week. And so I wouldn't be shocked if, if state comes out and surprises me and manages to granted, not that it would be a surprise to, to hold Auburn's offense to so few points, but um, you know, I, I would not be shocked if state won, but I, I would give a slight advantage in advance to Auburn, I guess is what I would say. We'll see what happens uh, Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Last time Mississippi State was there, one of the craziest comebacks we, we, we've ever seen. I don't know that we'll have the same kind of fireworks uh, with these two offenses on uh, on Saturday. But we'll see what happens. Adam Cole, uh, Opelika Auburn News, oanow.com. Thanks, my man. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Made me laugh to hear him that he, he was familiar with Adam Cole, the wrestler. Yeah, so I sat with Adam at the Auburn baseball series mm-hmm. like the whole weekend when State played them this year mm-hmm. and also saw him in um, – in uh, Nashville at Media Days, hung mm-hmm. out with him a little bit. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He actually, uh, I think he used to cover like wrestling or something. Like, for, like, I think he did like a, really? He did a story or two on wrestling when he was working in uh, maybe Missouri or something. Mm-hmm. He's from around Missouri or the mid Iowa or somewhere in the Midwest. And he, I think he's actually done some, like, he did like some uh, stories on wrestling and music because mm-hmm. he was like their, their uh, pop culture kind yeah, of yeah yeah, yeah so, and apparently his boss at OA now is a big wrestling guy oh yeah so gives gives him yeah he also has told me that when you listen he's to the big interview, into AEW I think he said that whenever he has a like a group of followers who follow him to, that originally thought he was Adam Cole yeah and now they just like he gets likes on all his tweets because the Adam Cole fans are there for him that's great it's a Cole collective it's a that's it's a, a great, collective it's a collective. That, that's a we gr- just came up with something there. Yeah, we did. That's a so. great gimmick to have. Yeah, Bay it's kind of like Josh Pate. Um, Josh Pate has the um, Pate State. Yeah. Well, so they're the writer or producer or something. No, the writer for um, 
Oh, well, Outer Banks is Josh Pate. Oh, is it? I didn't so know. when people get upset about the writing in it, mm-hmm. they tweet at Josh Pate. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess something pissed off a lot of people that are following the show because they've just started tweeting at me for some reason. So every now and then he'll get he'll get some tweets from people about Outer Banks. So there's another Brian Haddad, H-A-D-D-A-D, in sports radio. Oh, boy. And he used to what work... What are the odds? I know. He used to work in Philadelphia. And then he, I think he works in Chicago now. But I, I would, on every now and then, get a tweet about the Eagles. Like how much the Eagles suck or something. I'd just be like, all I care about is Fletcher Cox, buddy. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Slay. Yeah, that was before Slay even. So yeah, yeah. It there happens. are no uh, there are no Robbie Falks out we, there. We we need to find another Robbie Falk. There's got to be one of some note out there. I'm sure somebody's out there. Robert, the, the, your 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 alter ego is Robert Falk. Is your alter ego Robert Falk or Bobby Bob, Fa- Bobby Bob Falk? Bob no Bob Falk is what our friend Blaine Whitehead calls you. Well, that's my alter ego. No, I don't like that. I like okay. Bobby Falk. Bobby Falk. Yeah. Have you ever thought about this? That somewhere. In the country, mm-hmm. you probably have somebody that looks just like you. Yeah, it's my brother. Well, yeah, but not like not your not your kin. Oh, okay. I mean, like, yeah, there's a guy so. walking around that if somebody saw him, they would think it. Was I, I, I I forget where somebody sent me a picture of some guy who was playing the drums at some bar. He's always like, "Hey, Dad," <laughs> and it was like it looked it did look like me. It was crazy. Like every now and then, Big I'm like, fat there, dude with a beard." There's somebody that has almost my exact same facial yeah. features. Your Ole Miss version of you, by the way, is Falk Roberts. Falk Robertson. Falk, no, Falk Roberts. That's There's all. a Roberts? Falk Roberts the third. The third, yeah. yeah. It's, you have to be a third or a fourth. Yeah, yeah. See, mine doesn't work. Like, hey, Dad, hey Brian. Dad Brian, I can't, I can't, nah. I, I can't make it work, Mm-mm. which is a great thing for me. I'm no, glad. congratulations. Yeah, it's I would, fantastic. I would, I would tell you that was a so. good thing. Thanks to Wal- Adam. Walker Brandon. Walker the Brandon the third is the best one. Yeah. Robertson Stevens. <laughs> I want to see that. Oh yeah, what what is the what can does that AI guy look like? Can we get AI, the AI to make the Ole Miss version of Steve Robertson? Oh my God, Robertson Stevenson. Uh, Steve would call the cops. He would. He might. He'd come after us. We don't need to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks to Adam for for joining us. We appreciate his thoughts uh, on on the Tigers. Tomorrow's show is the three piece preview, playmaker predictions for Mississippi State, Auburn. Uh, hopefully, if you if you missed it, I will have our interview, my interview with uh, Chris Jans up also today on the podcast feed, uh, so you can find that if you missed it and uh, have have a listen to that. I heard somebody on, uh, was on the text line asking you where Robbie was on your live show. I've had that before, yeah, and I always tell them the same. I, I tell them I'm like he's a he's a very godly man. He's at church on Wednesdays, <laughs> so I can't miss choir practice, man. I know, I know. That's I my like, that's my weekly. I know. Thing. I mean, I will the circle. I sang in church last Sunday. Did you? There you go. You know, yeah, proud of you. All right. Guys, have a good one. Talk to you uh, tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Mississippi Media Production.